Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. How many of you have ever had a bad day? Would you raise your hand if you have? Okay, the rest of you are liars, as I often say, uh, because it's just part of the human situation to have a lot of good days, praise God for each one, but also to have some storms, and they're going to come. And that's why the name we're looking at of God today, a name, Hebrew name in the Bible, is so special. It's the name Jehovah Nisi. And it means, I am the God who defends you. I defend you when the odds are against you. And in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, uh, King Jehoshaphat needed to hear from Jehovah Nisi, the God who defends you, because three nations had amassed together and were coming against Israel to do battle with them. And he was saying, what in the world do I do? And from what he did, we learn five principles to deal with the storms in our lives. So from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'm going to try to tell you a story today. The Bible's going to tell us the story. And we're going to learn these principles so that I hope this week, if there's a storm that comes into your life, and it can happen at any time, that you'll know how, biblically, to let this Jehovah Nisi be your God who defends you and fights that battle for you. So let's pray, ask him to do his work, and then we'll uh, do our study today. God, for every person in this room, I thank you. Each of us are so individually unique, created in your image, but with our own being. And with each of us, you have a purpose and a plan and a desire for our lives. And we don't want to miss out on any of that, Lord. We want to hear from you so that nothing that comes our way, good things to distract us or bad things to distract us, will ever take our eyes off of you. For you are our hope and you are our God. And in that special way that you have allowed yourself to be, you are our friend. You have not called us servants. Through faith in Christ, you have called us friends. And so, Father, we love you. We ask now through your spirit that you'll speak to us, teach us what we need to learn today, and may we walk out of here more equipped to live the life of Christ this week than ever before. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. The first principle that King Jehoshaphat learned was this. When a storm comes, you turn to God first. Always turn to God. And our tendency is to turn to all kinds of things. And then in desperation after we've tried all those things, oh God, help me. Jehoshaphat says, turn to God first. Notice it in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 and 3. It starts off with these words, after this. So when you see after this, you have to ask, well, what was before this? Okay? And before this, in chapter 19, it says that Israel had gone through a national revival and a spiritual awakening, and the people were filled with joy and blessing and prosperity, and everything was going their way. And then after this, the Bible says there was a battle. It says the armies of the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Munites and 
They were part of the parasites and termites and stalactites and stalagmites. They, they all were there, you know, going to fight them. Anyway, these three armies, okay, they came and they declared war on Jehoshaphat. Now watch. Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news. But where did he go? That's the question. Where did he go? And he says, I begged the Lord for guidance. And he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So what we learn are some principles and some things to do first when a battle comes into our life. And you never know when it's going to come. Okay. The first thing you have to realize is with every high, there's almost always a low. With every high, there's almost always a low. With every mountaintop, there's almost always a valley. And you've got to understand that so it doesn't defeat you or discourage you. Because otherwise, we'll get our eyes off the Lord and we'll get it on our valley or we'll get it on our low instead of looking to the Lord. So the king's first reaction was fear. Jehoshaphat was terrified. And that's really pretty normal human reaction. When we have something slap us in the face, fear comes in immediately. But we need to never let an impossible situation intimidate us. It needs to motivate us. And we need to let that impossible situation remind us to head straight to God. So the first thing we do is we turn to the Lord. He is our help. And that's what we learn in the second principle to deal with the battle. So after you turn to God, then you talk to God. You talk to Him. I learned in college a, a statement that's guided me all my life, and it's blessed me. And that is, there is no problem too big for God to solve. And there's no person too small for God to love. And there's no problem too small to pray about. And if we pray... God hears and answers our prayers. So, look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 5. Jehoshaphat stood before the community. Now, realize three different armies were joining together. Tens and tens of thousands of soldiers were joining together to fight Israel. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord, and he prayed. Now, there's three things he prayed, and we want to see them in Scripture. The first thing is to remind yourself of who God is. See, what will always give us hope is if we start remembering who God is. God is great. God is good. God is infinite. God is all-powerful. God is loving. God is faithful. You just go on and on. God, that's who you are. So that's what he did. It says in verse 6, he says, he prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors. You alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty, and no one can stand against you. You see what you do in prayer? You remind yourself of who God is. Because there's where our strength comes from. There's where our hope is. It's not in us. It's not in others. I mean, those Three armies could defeat us, but God's greater. And I'm reminded of that when I do what's called adoration. The first thing you do in prayer is you tell God what a God you are. And I know it. 
Then the second thing is remind yourself of what God has done in the past. You know, in Israel, what happens, many times when God did his mighty works, they always built up what are called markers. They would build up little piles of stone, to, and, and they would call them really sacred, and they wouldn't want them to be knocked down because every time they would see one of those, he'd remind, oh, this is where God did this, and this is where God did this, and oh, my God was faithful here. Those were those memorials, those stone memorials. Well, you remind yourself of what God has done in the past. God, man, if you did that then, why can't I believe you can do this now? That's what he prayed in verse 7. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? God, you've already fought these battles for us, and we won. And then he says, and did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Man, God, God, you've done so much stuff. Why should I be terrified now when I know who you are and I remember what you've done? And then the third thing is, you ask God for help now. God, what you have faithfully done before, I ask you to do it again. So the first thing we do when we get slapped in the face with a, a battle of some kind, a storm of some kind, the first thing we do is we, we turn to God. Second, we talk to God. And then the third thing is we tell God exactly how we feel. I get tickled at you and me because, you know, in the core of our being, we're a bunch of hypocrites, okay? <laughs> and we like to hide stuff. We like to make stuff look better than it really is, you know? And somehow that makes us feel good. We think it'll make everybody else feel good. And I think a lot of times we think, well, I don't want God to find out about this. You know? That's probably the most stupid thing we ever think. Because God knows everything. So instead of trying to flower up our prayers, oh, God, you're so good, and I'd like for you to help me, I, I, you know, just tell him exactly what you're thinking, okay? And that's what, that's what Jehoshaphat did. Look at verse 12. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do. I think that's so cool. He's just kind of vomiting. You know? God, I can't do a thing. If you don't do something, it's not going to happen. We don't know what to do. But we are looking to you for help. Now, what's interesting here in verse 12 is he says, we are powerless, but back in verse 6, and we won't go to it, but if you'll remember, he made this statement, you are powerful and mighty, and no one can stand against you. So he was recognizing, I can't do this, we can't do this, but you can. You just tell God exactly what you feel. It doesn't matter if we're powerless, as long as we have a God who's all-powerful. And that's who we have. So that leads us to the fourth principle. And that is, trust God to help you. Okay? So I've turned to God, and I've prayed to God, and I've told him exactly what I'm feeling. Now, would you please stop worrying? I feel like I repeat this so often that you probably get sick of it. But, and I'm preaching to myself here, talking to myself. Uh, but, we Christians should never, ever be people of fear or worry or doubt. 
Because we've got a God who is greater than all of that. And yet somehow we sit back so many times and we worry and we fear and we doubt. How foolish when we've got the God we've got. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. He's all-loving. He's all-everything. Why should we be afraid? So, trust God to help you. Notice again what he said in verse 12. It's so cool. He said, we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. In other words, don't focus on your problem and what you can do. Focus on God and what He can do. Let me say that again. When something slaps us, instead of focusing on that and trying to figure out what we can do, focus on God and trust Him. Ask Him. Believe Him to do what He can do. What He alone can do. Verse 17. God answered Jehoshaphat's prayer. When we pray in faith believing, God will answer. He's promised it. He has to in his time, in his way, for his glory. Notice what it says in verse 17. But you will not even, he says, Jehoshaphat, now you've turned to me and you've talked to me and you've told me how you feel and, and now you're starting to trust me. So I want you to know something, buddy. Uh, you will not even need to fight. Don't worry. Uh, take your positions, then watch this. Stand still and watch the Lord's victory. <laughs> I don't know if that's cool to you, but it is to me. He said, hey, buddy, uh, just stand back. You've prayed, you've trusted me, that's all I wanted anyway, because I, I, I'll always fight the battle. I, I just want you to trust me instead of yourself or somebody else. So he said, he said stand still. And watch the Lord's victory, because he is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. Why can you go out against them tomorrow? Because you're so mighty and powerful? No, because the Lord is with you. In other words, what he's saying to us is, would you please resign as manager of the universe? <laughs> would you please? Uh, God is God. We aren't God. So twice in this story, verses 15 and 17, God says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Why? Because it's God's battle to fight. Folks, God loves you so much, he wants to fight your battles. He wants to go before you and give you favor and prepare the way. He's promised those things. There's over 7,000 promises of God in the Bible, and those are part of the multitude of things that God says, if you'll just let me be God in your life, Man, watch what I can do. If you try it, you'll see what you can do. But if you let me be God, you'll see what I can do. In my time, in my way, for my glory, I will do things you haven't even dreamed of yet. It's God's battle. God has never lost a battle. Never. So the questions start coming to our minds. Okay? And we're human, so these questions come. Uh, if we aren't supposed to win the battle, what are we supposed to do? Well, the answer is stand still. 
Boy, that doesn't go with our Western culture mindset, does it? <laughs> you know, I got to get in there. I got to do my part, and I got to make this happen, and I got to borrow this money, and you watch them make this, you know. God says, would you just once trust me and stand still and shut up? I I'm certain he feels that way sometimes in his godly good way. Yeah? Stand still. Stand strong in quiet confidence. And what do we stand firm on? Now notice the Scripture, verse 20. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tokoa. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. That means believe in His character. And you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets. That means believe in his word, what he says. And you will succeed. There's three things we stand on. Number one, the character of God. Who God is. Secondly, the word of God. What he has done and what he has said. And then what he has promised. Those 7,000 or more promises that are found in the Bible. So, we trust God to help us. And then the final step is, thank God in advance. Now, this is an important thing to learn. You see, if we give God gratitude after something has happened, I'm sorry, if we give God thanks after something has happened, that's called gratitude. If we give God thanks for something we believe he's going to do before it happens, that's called faith. And if there's anything that turns God on, if there's anything that just releases the promises and the power and the person of God, it's when anybody believes he is who he says he is. Faith is what allows us to accomplish that which is impossible. So notice, verse 21, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him <clears throat> for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks. They were thanking him. The battle hadn't happened yet. And they were giving him all the thanks because they knew who he was, his character. And they knew what his word said. This is what he has done. And they knew what he had promised. This is the 7,000 promises. And God's going to do what he said he would do. And we believe that with all of our hearts. So now notice what happened. Verse 22. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. That, you know, that's pretty cool. I mean, the, the Israelites were standing still watching. <laughs> and here's these three armies, and they go at each other. Now, I don't know why. I just know somebody said something to somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah? And God just caused that whole thing to happen down there in that valley, verses 24 through 26. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Thousands and thousands of these three had killed each other. 
Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. And King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder, and they found vast amounts of equipment and clothing and other valuables, more than they could carry. And there was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. This is the Valley of Blessing. Right here. And it's still called that today. So much fun to go over to Israel and see some of these places. I, I love being where David and Goliath, uh, that, that, that valley where they fought that battle. And you can just imagine what one day went on there. Well, this is what they did in the Valley of Blessing. They got together after that battle and they just praised the Lord. They praised the Lord for what they had believed he would do. Folks, God wants to bless us as we live in the valley of blessing and in the valley of praise. He wants to bless us every day. That's not a prosperity gospel. That's not a false gospel. That's his promise to us. Now, what his blessing is, I don't know, and I can't tell you. But I do know this. He loves you more than you love yourself. He has more planned for you than you have yet imagined. And he can do more than you could ever do by yourself or me. That's what God offers us. He's the captain of our storm. And what do we do when we get in a storm? So often we look at the waves instead of the captain. We look at the, the rough sea instead of the one who can calm the sea. When we live that way, we are blessed. Let me show you the last verse in our lesson. Two verses, 29 and 30. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard what had happened, heard that, the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel. The fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. <laughs> See, God fought all of his battles. All he had to do was trust in the Lord and talk to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. And then tell him exactly what he was feeling. And then put his trust and faith in the Lord and then say, Now, Lord, I'm thanking you in advance because you're going to do what you've said. And God did what he said. Now, that's the God that's available to us through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. If you're here today and, and you know, and this has been pressed so important to me lately, you know for certain that you're a child of God, that, that you have truly humbled yourself and, and, and repented of your sin, which means I'm brokenhearted over my sinfulness, God, that separates from me from you, and I want to turn from that and turn to you. If you know there's been that time, then rejoice in the God you have and let's trust him more and more and more and more every day. And if you're here this morning and down deep in your heart, you know you've never come to that point where you've really humbled yourself before the Lord and said, I am sinful. God, I've sinned against you. Christ, 
I believe you died for me on the cross, and my only hope of forgiveness is what you did there to pay the penalty for my sin by your death and the shedding of your blood and then your resurrection that made possible my forgiveness. Christ, I need you in my life as my Savior. And if you've never come to that point of of just utter humility and then just confessing, I need you, please come into my life, into my heart of hearts, the core of my being, and, and forgive me and then take control and make me the person you created me to be. Folks, that's what God offers to us today. He offers us 7,000 or more promises. He offers us himself. He offers us forgiveness through faith in Jesus Christ. Whatever you need today, let's fix our eyes on our Lord and trust in him. If we can be of any help to help you know more about a personal relationship with the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, and faith in him, we'd love to talk with you. All it takes is a a mention today or an email tomorrow or a text tomorrow. So, Father, thank you so much for who you are and for what you offer. You're so good. We don't deserve it because we've sinned and fallen short of your glory. But you, through your kindness and what was called grace, it's amazing grace that makes a way for us to be forgiven and then to know you and to have you as our, our Abba Father, our dear Daddy, our friend, our God. Help us to trust you. Help us to turn to you. Help us to thank you. And God, may we live victorious and strong lives this week for your glory. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our simple.church app.